Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Wow. <laughs> She's wild for that. It wouldn't be a holiday month if I didn't start us off with something a little unhinged. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Also, this is our first episode back after taking our first our first week off. I know. We yeah. finally gave ourselves a little break. A little holiday. That's right. But now we're back, baby. We're back and ready for action. And to kind of set the scene for, as I like to call it, Chris month, Nora is looking cozy today. Like she's wearing like a cute ass sweater. Thank you. You look cozy. And we have our hot coffee. We used to have iced coffee. Oh, it's so true. We're transitioning into winter. Yeah. Here in New York. Um, And I was trying to think if there was like... I mean, you said Chris month, which I'm down with. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if there was a Disney Channel phrase they used for like the holiday movies, like when they showed them. But I don't think that there was. If there was, please tell us, like DM us on Instagram or something. But I don't think that they had a a word. Yeah. I don't remember like a Monstober equivalent. Yeah. Me either. Me either. Maybe they'd like deck the halls with Disney. I don't, I have no idea, but (laughs) you should work for them. You should work for them. Hire me, put me in your marketing (laughs) team, your copywriting team. Yeah. So we are going to, in fact, do a holiday movie today. Yes. And this is one, Nora, that like, I don't know about you. Like, I definitely remember this one from childhood, but I'm not totally confident that I'd ever even seen the entire thing. Yeah, I feel like the beginning was a little familiar, but I kind of feel like I never saw the whole thing either. Yeah. Um, If I did, I didn't remember it like at all. Yeah, I just remember I feel like seeing the trailer a lot and being like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I don't know if you feel this way, Sarah, but I, I like holiday movies, but I don't like them as much as the spooky season. I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not a huge holiday movie person. Um, yeah. There's like a couple I love, but I feel like I saw the decoms that were like holiday themed a lot less than the spooky ones. I do agree that like I feel like Disney for whatever reason it's it's a strange thing because I feel like it's an untapped market. Like, yes. Why do they not have more Christmas movies? It's so strange because like I I do like holiday movies like. I have certain ones that I feel like I like to watch every year, but none of them are are Disney Channel. Like I've yeah. never, I haven't seen this movie again since I was a kid, and yeah, it's really one of the only ones. And I feel like um, there's like three holiday movies I want to watch every year, but I feel like there's like in October, I'm like every night of the week I have to be watching a spooky movie. Where yeah. I don't feel that way during Christmas. Well, honestly, the older I get, the more I realize that my favorite holiday is just Halloween. I've yeah. like finally admitted it, even though people are like duh Sarah like Halloween's a huge part of your personality I was like struggling to like because as a kid I just loved Christmas so much yeah and I still love it but like I have to be honest that like Halloween is more important to me so the movie that we're doing today is Twas the Night yeah so this is the one with Brian Cranston <laughs> yeah um, six-time Emmy winner Brian Cranston yes Brian Cranston is in this movie and he plays a little bit of a crook and I'm like because when he was on Breaking Bad you know how everyone was like Oh my God, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle? Like, how did they see this for him? Well, what if they saw this movie and they said, Brian Cranston was really believable as that crook in the decom, Twas the Night, let's have him sell meth. I could see it. Nora literally could not agree more. I think this was a precursor (laughs) to Walter White. And I think that for sure. It prepared him for the role. He was like, okay, I'm going to grab for my role in Twas the Night to 
add to Walter White and create that character. I think it was very influential. Brian, let us know. We know you're a listener. Yeah, Brian, give us <laughs> give us that inside hot goss because I yeah. definitely think this was a precursor. Yes. Yeah. It's insane that he's in this. I think he's like definitely the most high profile actor to have a decom on his resume. I think so too. I was like, I mean, I know Emmy Rossum is in one. She's kind of oh. high. Yeah, she's in a decom. Um, but like still Brian Cranston is like. He's like, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she is a big deal, but I feel like Brian is like. Yeah. After Breaking Bad, he's just like everyone he's knows like who he is. He's like one of the best actors we have. Yeah, right. And he's in Twas the Night, guys. So this is the <laughs> Disney Plus description of Twas the Night. When Santa Claus is accidentally knocked out on Christmas Eve, Danny and his con artist uncle take it upon themselves to deliver the gifts themselves. It's very much um, the Santa Claus meets the Grinch. It Yeah, it totally is. It's like a Christmas caper. It's like, let's think about the laws of good versus evil with a little more depth. And it premiered on December 7th, 2001 yeah so it's kind of an old it's an old one yeah, yeah. um nora do you want to guess the rotten tomato score <laughs> okay i have no idea i can't it was really hard to tell if this movie was good or bad I, to be honest i know i'm gonna guess i'm just gonna go with like a gut feeling i'm gonna guess it got like a 52 percent so this is officially our lowest rated okay 36 percent okay yeah yeah it got it got destroyed i could see why they did not like it yeah yeah should we jump into twas the night yes do, 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 hell yeah so we we see a mailbox that says the wrigley's and we see a very average american home and you know it's decorated with christmas lights we right away know it's christmas there's snow on the ground and the the sort of dance of the sugar plum fairies theme is kind of playing, but it's almost like if that song was a little more... Ominous. Yes. Yeah, it's like kind of like a scary version. I was like, ooh. Right, we're like, ooh, something a little cuckoo is going to happen. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and we hear this voiceover. It's a young, young man's voice. Mm -hmm. And he's re he's he's reciting the classic Twas the Night Before Christmas poem. Um, and then we see Christmas lights being pulled off of a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. It's kind of looking like a Grinch moment at first. Yep. Like, oh, is someone stealing these lights? But then you see that Santa Claus himself is bound and gagged. He's bound and gagged. This is our second movie where someone is bound and gagged. In a row. <laughs> like, <laughs> And this time it's Santa and he's tied up with Christmas lights. Yeah. And it's quite the image. And so we're like, okay, what happened to Santa? Like, obviously something is awry. Why is Santa tied up? Yeah. And don't worry, guys. We're going to tell you. We're going to tell you. We're going to explain it all because the voiceover is like, wait, wait, wait. I better back up. I love when they do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take it back to when this whole thing started. I <laughs> yeah. love that. It's amazing. So then he's like, "Twas the day before Christmas. Mm. And we are now inside this home and he's still doing the Twas the Night Christmas poem, but now he's using it to like explain his family. Yes. So he's like, everybody was home on Christmas Eve day, even my workaholic dad. And we see his mom burning some gingerbread cookies. She's bad at cooking. Right. And then we see his sister reading like a book of advanced trigonometry like it's a storybook like no one not even a nerd just reads advanced trigonometry books for fun no and on christmas eve no less on christmas eve she would have to be such a loser like 
Smart I think, people do not even behave this way. Well, I'm sorry. I think if you're doing that, it's performative. It's I'm performative. She was reading it like it was a Harry Potter book. It's like she wasn't like doing problems. No, yeah. It'd be cool if she was like notating stuff, like formulating theories. No. No. She's chilling in her bed reading advanced trig. Um, but her brother describes her in the voiceover as annoying, bad tempered, and obnoxiously bright. And I'm like, kind of want a man to describe me that way. obnoxiously bright that's kind of um a good description you're bad tempered and obnoxiously bright yeah that's kind of like something someone would say like a jane austen character was thinking exactly that yeah yeah i want mr darcy to say this to me (gasps) oh my god yes um so yeah that this is caitlin or they call her katie sometimes um and then we see peter the little brother how was a child this cute he He his little (laughs) voice he is like a cartoon character he's so cute yeah he has a bowl cut and glasses he is so darling his voice is literally like this this is not an exaggeration it's like peter <laughs> or his name is peter but he'd be like danny but it's christmas like it's <laughs> that is not an exaggeration at all no that is exactly what he sounds like yeah and it's it's just darling <laughs> it's it's simply just darling but it makes his older brother like you know irritated he's like oh peter you're such a little baby you know like he's, yeah he doesn't vibe but we vibed with it he's so cute yeah and then we meet our protagonist who is danny and he's playing video games mm-hmm. he's probably like i don't know 14 15 he could even be 13 yeah honestly he could yeah. be, he a, could young be a little teen. younger yeah but he seems kind of like post puberty like his voice is lower yeah yeah but he's like he's still a young teen yeah and we see on his door that he has um a poster that says sibling free zone which i just love it's so funny when you're little and you're like my siblings don't even come near me <laughs> you know you like hate them it's like these are your allies i know i know that's so funny when i, I used to knock on sarah's door okay so me and sarah slept in the same bed <laughs> We were kind of obsessed every, with each other. Every single day until she went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but once in a while, because she was full on in high school and I was like in middle school or even elementary school for maybe one year. But once in a while, she'd be like, you can't be in here tonight. And yeah. then I went stand outside her door and be like, please, <laughs> yeah. please. And then she would always let me. I'd be like, fine. <laughs> oh my God, fine. Codependent vibes. That's so true. Sometimes I would try to be like, no. And you'd be like, <laughs> you just cry i'd given i yeah. love it we said boundaries now yeah true um yeah so danny right away he's got like an interesting energy like he he describes himself as intelligent witty kind and compassionate but then we see him being like peter get out of my room yeah so he's kind of like a, a brat honestly yep and then so little peter is like but when can we decorate the tree? <laughs> Literally, that is what he's like. And Danny's like, um, the same time we always do, like on Christmas Eve. And, and Peter's like, I can't do the voice. But he's like, but it is Christmas Eve. And then Danny's like, no, it's not. Like, get out of my room. And then when he leaves, guess what? Danny realizes it is Christmas Eve. He's like a gamer out of touch with reality. Like you don't know know the date, the one day that it matters. Like you need to know it's Christmas Eve, dude. That's like sad that he didn't know that. It is really sad. He's like, I know. I'm like, how did he not know? I know. And also I think it's psycho that anybody would wait to decorate their tree until Christmas Eve. Oh, it's completely psycho. It's like, you're going to have to take it down in like a couple days. Yeah. The point is to like keep it up all of December to like spread cheer throughout your house. Duh. Uh, Duh. I hate that. And like, I feel like Duh. there's stuff like that in Christmas movies sometimes where they're like, yeah, we always wait to like put up the lights until Christmas Eve. It's like, or like they won't get the tree until Christmas Eve. I'm like, I what know. is going on? What is going on? Everyone knows you get it around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or like first week in December at the latest. Yeah. 
So or even I think first week of November, because you have to take full advantage of the holiday season. It goes by very fast. That's exactly how I feel. And unfortunately, I'm living with a Scrooge figure who yeah, won't let me put it your up. Your boyfriend's kind of a Christmas hater. He's kind of like, it doesn't go up till December and it comes down like right after Christmas. And I'm like, so why? Like, why, why do you hate joy? Why is he such a Scrooge? I've asked him this and he's like, I'm not, you're just too much. And my favorite was when he said, <laughs> you just want me to suck Jesus's dick. And I said, no, I just want you to lick Santa's butthole. Wow. <laughs> because I just don't get wow. why people like won't let the Christmas join to their heart. I know. It's like, I know. Why? It's like, why? It makes no sense to me. And I guess some people are just like, I think he finds it like saccharine. And he's also like, oh, it's just all but like buying, buying, buying. And I'm like, that's not you the can make meaning it about of Christmas. what you want. Agreed. He's going to be mad at me for calling him Scrooge. <laughs> oh, well. So yeah, Danny is out of touch with reality. He doesn't even know it's Christmas Eve. And then he looks at his calendar, like Nora said, realizes that Peter was in fact right. And then he's kind of panicking because he's like, oh, I didn't get gifts for anybody. I don't have any money. He looks in his wallet and has like $1. Yes. So he's like, I got to get some cash. He's got to get some cash. So then he comes up with a plan. He invites Peter into his room and he like sells him a bunch of junk. First of all, I'm like, how does Peter have all this cash? He like, probably gets like money from his parents for being so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, Peter hands Danny a wad of cash and then he leaves the room and the mom comes upstairs and she sees Peter with all this junk in his hand. And she's like, sweetie, like, where did you get all that? And then uh, Peter's like, I went Christmas shopping in Danny's room. <laughs> and the mom's like, Danny. Yeah. And he's in like so much trouble, which like our parents would not have cared. They would have been like, Okay, you like traded stuff. Like, I know he's like using his resources. Yeah, and his parents are like, "You're taking advantage of him. Like, you're using him." I mean, he is. To yeah. be honest, he is. But but Peter's so happy. Peter sees no issue with this. But it is the sad thing because like Peter's right there, and they're kind of just like, "You're taking advantage of your poor, stupid brother." I mean, they're not saying that, but they kind of are. <laughs> mm. And it's like, damn. Um. So yeah, Danny's getting in trouble. And then Danny is kind of trying to like defend himself. And he's like, it's just like Uncle Nick says, who we haven't met yet. It's just like Uncle Nick says, I'm just helping him share the wealth. And then the dad is really oh, yeah. savagely like, oh, too bad it's always someone else's wealth that Uncle Nick wants to share. I know. It's very like, oh my God, tension, drama. There is drama between Uncle Nick and this dad. What did Nick do? Yeah, tension between these adult brothers. Yes. And then Danny's like, Uncle Nick is the bomb and you guys just don't understand him. So we get that Danny and Uncle Nick have this tight bond. Yeah. And then the dad is like, Nick's a con artist. And then Danny's like, he's an entrepreneur. And you know what? It is kind of like, you know, they can kind of go hand in hand. So um, Danny's like in trouble. And now we see Danny back in his room and Peter's like trying to comfort him. He's like, it's okay, Danny. You can shake me down if you want to. I like it. And yeah, that's just like, okay. This poor boy, don't go out into the world. Like, he's like, victimize me. It's fine. Yeah, he needs to Toughen change. up, yeah. Um, but this is like, this part's so funny because Danny is like longingly staring at a picture of him and Brian Cranston, <laughs> aka Uncle Nick, obviously. Yeah, like on the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really photoshopped picture of them wearing Hawaiian shirts and being like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. they couldn't have taken a real picture of these guys when they were on set together. I know. And the way that Danny stares at this picture, he's like laying on his bed. It's like, looks like he's staring at a picture of a cute girl. This part is so awkward. I'm like, his acting choice just wasn't it. Like no, no one looks at a picture of their uncle like that. Danny's like, 
you know, Nick's just like the coolest guy in our family. Like no one gets him like me and he's just the man and he's probably off somewhere right now making a major business deal. He probably has them begging for mercy. And then we cut to Nick and he is tied up and blindfolded. Yep. In a he, chair. So much tying up already. I know. Two people tied up already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we find out that Nick is in some hot water. There's like, okay, it's so weird because there's like this voice that sounds like it's over the phone. Well, they're, they're using like they're a they're weird using like, like a voice changer. Yeah. Um, but they're yelling at him and they're being like, give us what we came for. Like, we need the money. We found out that these people like, Oh, or Nick owes these people money. 30 grand because, yeah, Nick is in fact a con artist. So he kind of like convinces people that he has, you know, like these really viable business opportunities and he gets people to invest. And what we find out he did with their money, he like invested it in like a really like up and coming IPO and like, I guess made a ton of money. But then he's kind of like also a gambling addict in the way that he's like, oh, I made a ton of money. Let me try to win or get even more. And then he ends up always like losing money. Yep. And so, yeah, that's why he's in trouble with these people. He promised them he could make their money into more and he lost it all. Mm-hmm. So he owes them 30 grand. But they're kind of these two like nerdy guys. So Nick isn't like that threatened by them. He calls them knuckleheads. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, they're they're lame. Yeah. So the guys are holding Nick's laptop and like threatening to, you know, like mess with it because he's tied up. Yes. And Nick is like, not Lappy. Like he he has a nickname for his laptop, Lappy. Lappy. It's like if that you're if you're at that point in life where you're giving your laptop a name, you got to look inward. He doesn't have a lot of um friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah, and but he pulls a Jordan Cahill from Stuck in the Suburbs. I wrote that exact same note. <laughs> We're the same. He's like, my whole life is on that thing. My whole life is on that thing. Yeah. That's how Jordan said it. Oh my God, I love Jordan Cahill. Me too. I miss him. I miss him too. And because this is a Christmas movie, one of the guys threatens to pour hot cocoa on the laptop. Yep. He's like, no, no. Um, and then, you know, Nick's like, don't hurt my laptop and don't hurt me. They're like, don't worry, Nick, we're not going to hurt you. We're going to leave that to our vice president of collections, Elliot. So Elliot, I know Elliot's like, it's such a funny name to choose. I know. Um, yeah, he's, he's a this, big dude. He's this big dude and he's like intimidating Nick. And then we like think he's going to beat him up. Because he like, screams in his face. Yes, he's preparing to beat him up. But then he just pinches his nose really hard. And Nick's like, ah! It's kind of a ripoff from a Karate Kid moment, which you weren't as into that oh, as yeah. I was when I was a kid. But yeah, like- You were into the Karate Kid. I, I don't remember I watched it this. a lot with Ben when you were like so oh, little. okay. With Ben and the Tyberskis. I would oh, watch okay. it at their house. And yeah, there's a similar scene where like the the karate like teacher that's like a master is like, seems like he's gonna like teach someone a lesson and then he just goes honk, honk, to their nose. It's iconic. Okay, cool. Um, But yes, so the guys don't hurt him. But then they're like, we need our 30 grand in cash by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Nick's like, okay, okay. But like, I'm going to need my laptop back if I'm going to try to like get some cash. Yeah. They're like, fine, but don't leave town. They're like, we'll, we'll know if you leave town. Like, we'll know. And then we cut to him escaping from the fire escape. Yeah. He's like crawling. Like as soon as they up. leave, he packs a bag. Yeah, yeah. He's on the run. A little like jazz number is playing. Oh, yeah. And he's like running down the little stairs. And then at one point he kind of slips and his laptop almost falls. But then he gets it. And then he's running down the streets. He's escaping. He also lives in like a converted warehouse. It's like a cool building that he lives in. Yeah. That he, you see him escaping from. It's like, does he pay rent or is he squatter vibes? Probably squatter vibes. Probably squatter vibes. Yeah. 
And yeah, he's on the run and he sees Elliot because Elliot's like waiting downstairs outside his building to make sure he doesn't try to leave. So he tries to like hide behind people that are moving their Christmas tree, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work out and Elliot sees him. And so then he's like sprinting away with Elliot close on his heels. Yep. And then he runs to um like Santa's village in a mall. And then he goes into a bathroom and he's like, what now, Nick? Like he doesn't know what's next for him and this life of life on the run. And then he sees a Santa suit like hanging like from the bathroom and on like someone, a stall door. Yeah, and then there's someone in the stall like peeing, like they're taking a shit. Santa's take, taking a shit. So Nick is like, ah, oh, I got an idea. And then he goes and he steals the shoes right off of Santa Claus. So bold. And he assumes his identity. Yeah. This is also like a mall Santa, obviously not real Santa. Right. But he just, yeah, takes this guy's clothes, leaving him in such a vulnerable position. I know. He's straight up a bad guy. Yeah. And obviously he puts on the Santa suit. And then he has this little exchange with Elliot in the Santa suit. (laughs) Yeah, because Elliot is security at this event, right? No, he's chasing him. Oh, I thought that (laughs) Elliot was security at this event. You thought he went from the chase to clock in a shift. (laughs) fully no he's just chasing him because he says like have you seen this guy and oh he's i like, fully thought that he was you security. kind of typecast him in that way Nora. you're like he looks like he'd be security because he's a big buff dude i just thought that maybe he had another job i assume that you know like roughing people up wasn't his only job maybe he had to have to take a day shift to the mall okay i, I wasn't love judging that you him. assumed that i wasn't judging him i was just thinking that maybe he had a second job okay that's so funny because that was like very much not the vibes. <laughs> but he has this whole exchange with Elliot where he's like not afraid to get caught. He even like says his name and Elliot's like, how'd you know my name? Yeah. And he's like, I'm Santa, aren't I? And it's like, bold. And he's like, like just you, get out of there. He's like, have you been naughty? And I Elliot's know. like, no. And he's like, are you sure? And then he like jiggles his cheeks. I know. He's so bold. I know. And then he escapes and gets on a bus and he sees an ad on the side of the bus that says, there's no place like home for the holidays. And this gives him an idea. To go home for the holidays. So cut to the family reading. The Wrigley's. The Wrigley's. Cut to the Wrigley's, our main fam. Cut to the Wrigley's. They're reading Twas the Night. And um, this is personally how I would like to spend my time. It looks really cute. Well, I used to read that story to you on Christmas. You did? Yeah, I remember we had the really cute copy of it that was um Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Wait, I thought squishy. that was a different story than Twas the Night, but I no, guess. No, Twas not. the Night Before Christmas went all through the house. Yeah, it was that book. Not a creature was stirring. Not even not a mouse. Not even a mouse. Okay, so they're reading and the doorbell rings. Um the feeder is like, Maybe it's Chris Kringle. And then the dad's like, mm, probably not. And then he answers the door and it is someone in a Santa suit and he's like, Uh, Santa, what are you doing here? And then Nick does a classic thing that I love to do to you, which is when you are like, what's that on your shirt? And then you do the little nose thingy. And it's so humiliating. I love to do that to Sarah. so demoralizing. My favorite things to do to Sarah is that. And to also go near her in front of people and go, oh, did you fart? I hate when you do that because we've talked about this. It's like, even if you didn't fart, now everybody's thinking about you farting and you really can't come back from that humiliation. It's a classic Kelly Kapoor joke from The Office and it, it works every time and it really is a genius joke it's oh did you fart genius and it's so <laughs> cruel and Norris definitely giving nick and i'm definitely giving the older responsible Whoa, uh, brother uh, uh, uh. who doesn't pull shit like that all right whatever so i guess i was on the naughty list you um, are on the naughty list Nora. and so yeah then of course as soon as he boops his nose the dad's like 
Nick, Nick, you're here. <laughs> and then Nick is just so classic. Like to the mom, he's like, hello, gorgeous. And then to Katie, he's like, who is this runway model we have here? I'm like, it's Uncle 101, just like schmoozing. Yeah, hamming it up, hamming it up. Hamming it up. And then, yeah, we definitely see that him and Danny have a bond. They do like this little secret okay, handshake. This is where Brian is weird. He literally looks at Danny when he sees him. He's like, Dan. Dan the man. I think that's just them being awkward. I think it's too much. It's too much to be like that obsessed with seeing your... I don't know though. Cause like I some guess. people really have like, cause we are girls, so it's different. But I feel like, you know, like we would have that bomb with like an aunt of just like... I don't think I'd go like... My girl. <sighs> wow. It's so I didn't find you. that moment that weird. I thought it honest. was weird. He's just like, damn. <gasps> He's like, there that's he weird. is. Dan that's- the man. Okay. Well, that's I felt- probably like the, okay. his firstborn nephew. Okay. Well, I felt differently. <laughs> okay. That's fine. But yeah, Danny is like, hey, Uncle Nick. And they like do their little handshake. And then they're like having their moment. Like Nick immediately starts like bragging about his travels. He's like, I was in Oaxaca. I was in the Himalayas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Peter comes and sits right down between them. (laughs) It's so cute. He just plops himself down. And then Katie like comes and snuggles with them too. And they're just like all hugging on the couch. They're like, ah. And then the dad is like, Nick, what are you doing here? And Nick's like, there's no place like home for the holidays. Like, where else would I be? And the dad's like, why don't I buy that? Yeah. And honestly, I get it. And also Nick during this part is being like so crazy. Like it's okay. It's like sad when you're this age, when you're like Danny's age, because you're just so vulnerable to like older adults and their bad behavior. Like you're so vulnerable to thinking it's cool. I know. Um, Because Nick is just, like, catering to everything Danny wants to hear. He's like, I really see your first summer after college, like, or after high school, like, in Monaco. And then he's like, oh, I can't wait till we travel together. Like, he's like, we'll do, like, the killer bees, beaches, babes, and big bucks. And the first time I heard that, I thought he said big big butts. I thought he said big butts. And it really sounds like that. And I had to remind it twice to be like, oh, he's saying big bucks. If this had come out in the 90s and it was in theaters and was rated PG, he would have said big butts. Although yeah. I guess butts weren't really in in the 90s. He would have said big boot and the dad would have been like, all right. And that's what would have happened. Yeah. In the 90s, if it were in theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. But I was kind of like, oh my God, Nick. But then he oh said God, big Nick. bucks. Nick is definitely like a schmoozer and like, yeah, always needs to be like, thought of as so cool, you know? It's going to be so painful for Danny when he finds out this man is a loser. I know. I know. And he kind of does in this movie. He does. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of thing of like when you're in high school and you're like, oh, like this this cool mom who like lets us smoke weed and gossips with us is cool. And then you go older and you're like, why was this grown woman like gossiping with a teenager? Yeah. You're like, oh, no boundaries. Oh, yeah. immature. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an interesting dynamic. And it's also interesting because the mom is like, oh, look at them together. Like she's sort of happy to see Danny like feeling so seen yeah. in a way, whereas the dad is more skeptical and like doesn't like this dynamic. Yeah. Um, he really doesn't. No, because he just thinks he's a really bad influence on his son. Yeah. And he's like already concerned about the path Danny is going selling toys to his brother. What a little. <laughs> oh, he's going down such a bad path. I know. Um, but then this next part is hilarious because the dad gets a page and he's like oh god i gotta go into work because there's been a major outbreak of that new reindeer flu qi roll reindeer flu reindeer flu come on so funny but we get it's a holiday movie you don't have to hit us over the head with it i know that's how i felt yeah but yeah that was silly but then yeah the mom is a doctor too they're both doctors so they're both getting called in to work on christmas eve 
Sarah, were you surprised when you found out the mom was a doctor? I can't lie, yes, but they- Sexist, but sexist, no, because, you're a misogynist. Nora, listen, listen, <laughs> because they set us freaking up for this because when the dad's like, oh, I have to go in, she goes, that's what I get for marrying a doctor. And he goes, that's what you get for being a doctor. They're calling everyone in and it's like, oh, imagine said, my surprise. Yeah, they said, don't buy into your gender roles. They are both doctors. I love though that the mom was kind of like, oh, have fun, baby. He's like, you have to go too. She's like, shit. <laughs> She's like, no. She's like, I forgot I was a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Thank so you yeah, for her. They both have to go in and they're like, crap, what are we going to do about the kids? And then the mom's like, oh, Nick. And the dad's like, no. And she's like, come on. Like, he's here. Like, I think he's trying to mend fences. Like, let's let him watch the kids. And the dad's like, fine. But I'm also just like, I feel like one of them could have lied and been like, there's no one to watch the kids. So at least one of us has to stay home. I know. But they didn't even try that. I know. Um, it's like Christmas. It's literally Christmas Eve. So they're like, okay, fine. So we see the kids. Um, the parents are still like upstairs getting ready and the kids are talking to Nick about Santa. And Katie is that type that doesn't believe because she's too smart and she did all the math of like why it's impossible for Santa to exist. And yeah. she's just being a bummer. Yes. And she says that like, Santa would have to be way faster than the speed of sound, which could explain why nobody has ever seen him. But like, then again, that's impossible. How is an impossible girl if there's magic? She doesn't believe in magic, Nora. <sighs> wow. I know. Wow. And also Danny is kind of like me with you. Like he's like, <laughs> stop Katie. Some people still want to believe because he wants Peter to believe, which yeah, Nora famously lied about yeah. believing in Santa. Cause I could tell that you needed me to. I did. I was being a good sister. That was really sweet of you. Yeah, of course. But I remember it being very, very troubling when I stopped believing in Santa. Like I remember I wanted to so bad. And at some point your brain just turns on you and you're like, there's no way. And it's like kind of painful. Like it wasn't anyone telling me. It was like me just being like, there's no way. And I feel like it happened in third grade. And that yeah. was like painful. I was like, oh, I don't think that Santa's real. I would always like get mad when mom and dad would like let stuff slip in front of you. I'd be like, you're not even trying to preserve the magic. And mom yeah. was like, I didn't want, and mom, I think this is healthy. She's like, I didn't want to be one of those parents that like went through like crazy hoops to keep up the lies. Yeah. She's like, I wasn't going to be the parent that's like sat you down and was like, Santa's not real. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe don't go above and beyond to hoodwink your child well i also think that's something that's so interesting about the santa thing is i do think parents need to get on the same page of like it is kind of weird when you're little especially with like the tooth fairy where you're like wait why am i getting 25 cents for losing a tooth and this other girl is getting a webkins yeah it's like there isn't really a good system it's like i would understand more if it was just like oh we have less money but it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like so the tooth fairy fucking hates me the tooth fairy thinks i'm my, my teeth mean nothing my teeth suck my teeth have less value yeah no that is very true yeah because you're like why are some kids getting so much for Christmas and they live in that house. Is there a connection? Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> Could this all mean something? For me, the biggest um, Santa piece of evidence was in third grade, which I think I already kind of knew, but I was really trying to believe. And I got from Santa concert tickets to Hillary Duff mm. and they were like Gorgeous. wrapped and I was like, oh my God. And then it literally said purchased by James Donnell. And I was like, no, this is a bit odd. That is a bit odd. And I was like, I think I because literally like, looked away. They... I was like, no. Because Ocean they, sh they should have said um, purchased by Santa. Correct. Or, or by Chris Kringle. Right. Or Mrs. Claus. Right. I would have understood yeah. if Mrs. Claus needed to put down her I feel like dad could have like done that. Like been or, like, I'm going to put in. just have that be their present from them. Be like, Sarah, right. we got you this. That's right. what Isaac had, Isaac had thought they should have done. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Past my childhood trauma. <laughs> just kidding. Um... Yeah, the mom is like saying goodbye to the kids and I would be so sad if my parents like left on Christmas Eve. I know, really it's really depressing. Um, 
And then the dad is being a total jerk because he's like, you know what, guys? Like, I think you should actually all go to bed early. Like, yeah, why don't you all get upstairs to bed? Because he doesn't want them hanging out with Nick unsupervised. But I'm like, if you're going to leave your kids alone with Nick, then either do or don't. Like, don't force them to go to bed at like what I think is like not even nine on Christmas Eve when you just sprung on them that you're abandoning them. Like, let them have some fun. I feel like I just like couldn't leave my kids alone with someone I thought was sus. No, like I wouldn't be like, (laughs) oh, at least they'll be in bed. It's like, he's sus. He could wake them up. (laughs) Right, and like, that's what I would assume would happen. So yeah, I I like really hated the dad in this part, especially because like Danny, who's like old, is like, dad, I'm not not going to bed. I'm going to stay up for a bit. And the dad like starts yelling at him and he's like, no. And then he says, you should be totally grounded for all the stuff you pulled today. Yes. Which it's like, he barely pulled anything. And you're yelling at your child. On Christmas. And like when Danny goes upstairs, he's like, Merry Christmas. And that shows like, yeah, you're leaving your kids alone to go to work on, work on Christmas. And then you're not even letting them like have a fun Christmas. And you're being mean to them is the last thing you say. Yeah. The dad is such a flop. He's too uptight. I thought it was like really a sleigh when Danny's just like, Merry Christmas. It really is. Because it really shows like, it's really like your actions are fucked up. Yeah, I love that. That's all he needed to say, you yeah. know? Um, so then, like, the dad's, like, leaving, and Nick says, you rule with a steady hand, John. Dad would have been proud. <laughs> and then a commercial break. <laughs> I know. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. Drop a bomb, and then a commercial. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Then, so the parents leave, and we see Nick is on a sketchy website called Need a Buck Loans. Slay. Need a Buck Loans. Um, And then, like, a video chat window pops up. And it's the guys chasing him. They hacked into his computer and they're like tracking him. Okay. I don't know how the technology makes sense in this part because they say they're tracking him because they have his email address. Huh? Yeah. I don't. I think the only way this would have worked is if like it was like, oh, he opened up a weird email that was like a yeah. virus. That, that Yeah. I don't think this part makes sense. No. Um, I don't know enough about computers to confirm, but I don't think so. Yeah. And then Nick, the way he solves this, which I also don't think this makes this sense. This doesn't make sense at all. So he has this like um supercomputer virus that he's like saving for a crazy situation like this. He has this little like skull and crossbones icon mm-hmm. on his like desktop that represents the virus. And he drags it like onto the video chat and that's supposed to it fuck up those up people. their computer. Yeah. And it's like the video chat isn't like their computer like how would just dragging that onto the video chat do anything I it doesn't think make that sense. makes no sense yeah but he does when he does it he's like this will scramble their hard drive and any computer in a 50 mile radius so yeah nick does that and so then he's like not getting tracked anymore so nick hears a sound from upstairs and he's like what was that and then danny comes downstairs and nick's like oh okay it was just you and danny's like no that wasn't me i thought it was you so there's some sound coming from up on the roof and then we notice that the fire in the fireplace freezes it pauses and they're like did you see that but then they freeze too mm-hmm. and who comes in chris kringle himself santa mm-hmm. and he comes down like this magic um i don't know how you would describe it like kind of like glitter like, it kind of looks like just particles flying like i think it's supposed to be that he's so fast that like when he's moving like you can't even you see, can't him. see him and, and then he materializes in the room yes and it's very much giving like willy wonka when like they're like oh you're gonna be like traveling faster than the speed of sound. And like, you know, when they're like those particles up in the air. Yeah, yeah. And then they like materialize that somewhere else. I think it's supposed to be kind of like that vibe. Um, So we kind of find out that the reason Santa is here is because the virus grounded him. So 
I guess this year because of the reindeer flu. Yeah, his reindeer are out sick. His reindeer are out sick. So he had to like rely on technology to move about this year. He's like using a computer to fly his sleigh, but this virus <laughs> fucked up the sleigh. So now he had to come down and be like, okay, so this is the location of where my sled got messed up. My yeah. sled, my sleigh. Sleigh. My sleigh. sleigh. And so that's why he's down here. Yeah. And he is like talking to someone on like a, an earpiece. He's like, Albert, I'm in. And somebody's like, directing him how to get rid of this virus yeah it's weird how in the 2000s like with smart house i feel like there was like this need to use technology in every movie they could because everyone was so obsessed with like y2k agreed because i'm like they're just always trying to put technology in these early 2000s films i know it's kind of like oh it's like a bit much it's a bit much so we see santa as he's getting directions through his earpiece um dragging the skull and crossbones icon virus into the computer's trash so mm-hmm. he trashed the virus and he's like, that ought to do it. Um, and then, yeah, he's like, next year, the reindeer are lining up for flu shots like the rest of us. I don't like all this fancy technology. Um, and then he's like, well, since I'm here, I might as well, like, start my gift giving here at the Wrigley's. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, Peter, nice. Caitlin, nice. Danny, on the naughty list again. And then he, mm-hmm. like, sees, I guess, in his database that Nick is here, too. And he's like, I bet Nick on the naughty list for life has been no help to Danny. This is my first qualm with Santa. I know. I am very against the nice and naughty list, especially putting someone on the naughty list for life. Um, Have you ever heard of restorative justice, Santa? He hasn't. Santa is like way too black and white. Like people can mess up. That doesn't make them naughty. And especially in like Danny, like maybe, yeah, like maybe he does shake his brother down for money. Maybe he does scam a little bit, but ultimately he has a good heart and yeah. people shouldn't be on the naughty list. And Santa... Your system is flawed. It's a little archaic and you need to rethink this stuff. Okay. Totally agree. Multifaceted. Um, and also people's life experiences can impact the way they behave in society. And you don't seem to understand that Santa. Santa is really dense about these things. He's very dense. And honestly, what is Santa? If not like capitalist Jesus. Okay. Yes, Sarah. He's watching what we're doing and like judging our like he's he the point of santa is to like scare kids into like moral behavior yes but jesus is like i forgive you and santa is like you naughty little bitch okay so because he's all upset about the scamming and santa you created such a capitalist society and then you're mad when people have to navigate that society to succeed in within the realms of capitalism like nick has to scam because of capitalism if we had a socialist society maybe nick would not behave this way and i think santa is just a judgy motherfucker he's so he's so judgy santa yeah i know he's all about the judging yeah the naughty and nice binary is like we need to (laughs) no one is talking about this binary i know everyone's talking about every other binary but the the naughty and nice list binary no one is talking about no one is talking about it and it's a really important part of the restorative justice (laughs) conversation it really is yeah it really is and it's going to come up a lot through this movie so santa is in here on his high horse on his high reindeer Mm -hmm. judging everyone um and we see that he has in his little bag a bunch of mini little presents yes this movie has a lot of mini things yes because he has this cool thing that looks like a little like ball or like a little bobble and it's a gadget and it can do a lot of things but one thing it can do is shrink and expand things yeah so he puts these tiny little presents under the tree and then uses this gadget to expand them and that's how he can fit so many things in his bag Mm -hmm. but then he accidentally drops it and Nick and Danny unfreeze and Santa's like so like whoa he hits his head on like the the mantle above the fireplace yes and he's knocked unconscious yeah Danny and Nick see this and they're like um who is this man 
And on further investigation, Danny is like, this is Santa Claus. And Nick is like, that's impossible. Santa is not real. And then Danny finds his little gadget thing and he presses this button and Nick becomes super, super tiny. <laughs> yeah. Like the presents. And they're like, oh my God. Um, and then Danny presses a button again and Nick becomes life size again. <laughs> and then they're like, something is actually weird here. This isn't a normal man. No. I also hate in kids movies when adults say that Santa isn't real because it's like such a spoiler alert. It's like, if no adults believe in Santa, then clearly he's fake. And as a kid, that always bothered me. Like, even though at the end, it'd be like, the adults learn Santa's in fact real. I'm like, but why didn't they believe in the first place? (laughs) Well, it's just so cuckoo Mm -hmm. bananas to, if you're an adult, I mean, I get it in Nick's situation because he's not a parent, but it's crazy when Santa is real in these movies and the parents don't believe. Cause I'm like, if you guys aren't doing the presents, what do you think is happening? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'm like, you guys are just like, Somehow the presents get there, but no, it can't be Santa. It has to be someone else. I'm like, who? Who? It literally makes no sense. And that's always bothered me about kids' Santa movies. I know. So yeah, but they are like, okay, this actually seems pretty legit. And then Danny is like, oh my God, like it's Christmas Eve and Santa's unconscious. Like how are the presents going to get delivered? And Nick like doesn't care. He's like, that's not our problem. Like that's this guy's problem. But then Nick accidentally freezes Danny Um, And while he's kind of trying to like fix it and unfreeze him, he becomes the particles Mm -hmm. and zooms up onto the roof and he sees Santa's sleigh. And he's like, well, this is actually like pretty sick. Mm -hmm. And he like gets in the sleigh and like hovers above the roof for a little bit, but then like gets scared and comes back down. Um, And then he pushes a button and he materializes back in the house, unfreezes Danny. And Nick at this point is like, seeing how this could benefit him yes yes so he's like you know actually danny like i think you're right i think we should like team up and save christmas he has crooked motives and because danny's like yeah like i agree he goes along with it and they're like yeah let's do this right he's definitely like tricking him into thinking this is his honorable intentions yeah nick's like you can be the pilot of the sleigh because you're like a computer whiz you like game a lot and i'll deliver the presents <laughs> yeah yes 11 year old you can be the pilot of this sleigh okay, he's that's not 11 gonna- the little boy. Danny? I, I feel that his age is unclear, Sarah. Because he, he's hit puberty, Nora. He talks like a grown teen. Does, but does he? Yeah. I he's at least 14. Oh my God. I don't feel that way at all. I feel like maybe what? he's 12 or 13. Okay. Maybe he's not 11, but I feel like he could be 12 or 13. No. Sorry. Well, okay, we can look it up. Well, I, can well, I, guess wrong. We'll, I guess we'll look it up because okay. I actually don't agree. Hey guys, we forgot to look it up the day of recording. So I'm butting in now to say that Josh Zuckerman, who plays Danny, was 16 when this movie was released. So you got to figure he was a little younger when they filmed it. I'm willing to give Nora that he was 14 and that's the best I can do. So I was right and she was wrong. Yeah. Okay, so this eight-year-old, just kidding. (laughs) This (laughs) five-year-old. And then also Danny's like, we can't just leave Katie and Peter alone. And, and Nick's, Nick's like, like, yeah, we can. Nick's like, they're not alone. There was Santa who's passed the fuck out. Who's unconscious. I mean, this is a point where it's like, okay, Nick kind of is like a bad person. Like he's going to like, let's leave these couple kids alone with this unconscious man who yeah. we think is Santa. Like, yeah. I know. And like, could be just a whack job. Could just have this weird gadget. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, it could be into some shady shit. Yeah. So, but they're like, all right, let's do this. And they zoom off into the night in the sleigh. This part, they acknowledge that rich kids always get more Christmas presents, which I like because that's kind of what you were talking about with the tooth fairy. It's like, I wonder why rich kids get more. But like in this world where Santa is real, they're still acknowledging it because 
um, Nick is like, let's go hit up the rich uh, houses first. They get so many gifts, we can lighten our load. And he yep. has another motive for going to the rich houses first too, yep. obviously, but that I, I liked that touch because it is like this interesting thing in like Santa is real movies where it's like, how come poor kids sometimes don't get gifts? Like well, in the Polar Express. Okay. Well, honestly though, it's because when you have an easier life, it's easier to behave well. It's so like right that um, quote from In Cold Blood where um, I forget what character is, but they say it's easy to ignore the rain if you have an umbrella if you're a rich person it's way easier to like behave well because you don't have less struggles like yeah so a true. lot of people you know have to resort to bad behavior to survive yeah and it's the same as if you're really rich and you're like a succession child you have to behave badly because there's so much pressure on that side yeah so really it's like if you're in the middle class your life is dope yeah it's <laughs> you're right it's so much easier to be like i follow the rules because yeah. things kind of work out for you doors open for you you don't have to you don't have to resort to sketchy dealings to right. survive right so they're like okay let's go hit up these rich kids and so they arrive at like a mansion and this sleigh has basically yeah a computer in it that has like a, a database of all the people and their naughty or nice status so Danny's like, okay, this girl named Kathy, she was naughty 13 times this year. So even though she wanted a pony, she's going to get an ant farm instead. Um, so basically you can't make any mistakes. 13 times in a year, I don't even think that's a lot. Not at all. Some people are naughty 13 times in a day. So true, Nora. Oh my God. So true. And then we see, so Danny stays up in the sleigh. We see that Nick is very much becoming a member of the bling ring, the jingle bell ring, if you will. So I was thinking so much about the bling ring you during were? this movie because- Because you felt the same way, which is, he didn't do anything wrong. Well, okay. So I don't necessarily <laughs> feel that way with the bling ring. I know you do. I know you're very pro no, with the bling ring. I'm not pro. I just think if you're going to steal, steal from people that are obnoxiously rich. Okay. So let's just chat about it for a second. Okay. Because, okay. So the bling ring, for those don't, that don't know, was these group of teenagers. And I think 2009, yes. Alexis Nyers from The Pretty Wild. But Alexis was like barely involved. Well, okay. I, I'm a big Alexis. I don't feel that Alexis really yeah, did anything Nick wrong. Nick Prugo and Rachel Lee. Yeah. So they were these teenagers that stole from a ton of celebrities like Lindsay lohan paris hilton and yeah. it is this interesting conversation of like who is the victim these these kids who were like very or some of them like didn't have a lot of resources alexis needed to rob this one house to like support her addiction like she was yeah. in the throes of addiction and it's like they robbed paris hilton like six times before she even noticed so it is this question of like is if you're that rich and you have that many chanel bags i think the but, main thing which i know you agree with me is yeah just the invasion of the home the invasion of the some home. of the celebrities were like i'd never like felt safe in my house again which yeah that obviously is not okay to make someone feel yeah scared to be in their house and that and is I, scary ultimately the reason that stealing is wrong is just because like Yes, the system is effed up, but that doesn't mean that you can take people's stuff. Mm. And so ultimately, I, I understand where both the bling ring and Nick are coming from. One in the same, Nick could be a part of the bling ring, honestly, yeah. and he honestly should have been. But I yeah. think ultimately, I think if that the they're bling in the wrong. ring had had this technology, they would still be robbing everyone and their mother. Oh God, they could shrink down all of Paris's Chanel bags to fit in their little pocket. Oh. But I do think Paris, it's like, girl, if someone is robbing you six times before you notice, get rid of some of your bags. No, I, I don't feel bad for them at all other than the safety aspect, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Because I, I just like, I yeah, know that this is wrong, that. but I'm just like, they have everything. I know. Like, it's like, who cares? A Chanel bag is They're like- not going to miss it. I know. Nobody should have a $5,000 handbag, in my opinion. I completely agree. Yeah. But anyways- so Nick is definitely robbing this mansion. He's He takes uh, an ottoman right out from underneath a man's feet because he's, you know, able to freeze everything. 
um, and he's shrinking everything down to pocket size. And meanwhile, Danny on the sleigh is looking through the database and he sees that he's on the naughty list. Mm. And this makes him kind of sad. He's like, Santa hates me. I know that is really sad. Um, but then Nick comes back and Danny tells him like, shit, I'm on the naughty list. And I love, Nick sounds just like us. He's like, oh, you know the problem with guys like Santa? <laughs> they think they're all high and mighty. And he's like, I don't remember voting for this guy. 100%. And it's like, who, who died? I mean, Santa King. Yeah. And, and he, go, he says, who was he to judge? And he's so right. And he's so right. He's so right. And then he's like, this year we decide who gets what for Christmas. Hell and I was yeah. kind of like into it. I'm like, yeah. I'm, it's like socializing Santa. Yeah. And I just praying Cranston is so good. He's so good in this movie. He really yeah. brings the energy. I mean, this movie would kind of be a lot worse without him just because oh, yeah. he is Brian Cranston and he does slay. He does slay S-L-E-I-G-H. And he, he slays does in slay. more way than one. Yes. <laughs> and... Yeah, he just he just elevates it, and he's really funny. Also, he's really hot in this movie. I don't know if you agree. Disgusting, Sarah. No, he what? is not. Brian? Not in this movie. Yes, he is. I feel like this is maybe his hottest role. You're sick. He's, like, at a good point in his... He's, like, a good age in this movie. He looks, like, so weird. I'm so, The only thing I don't like is his pierced ears. Yeah. But I'm shocked you didn't find him hot. I'm not into his look in this movie. I'm not into his character. Okay, like, Malcolm in the Middle. I'm not his character, but just Brian was looking hot. I didn't think so. I thought his look was... Not for my vibe. Even but when he wore that little leather jacket when he's running from Elliot? Mm, no. Wow. No. Okay, Nora. Okay, Malcolm in the Middle. I do think he's hot in Malcolm in the Middle, of course. But in, okay, interesting. Because he's such a like pushover in Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, but this kind of character, I'm just like, it's too much. <laughs> it's, too, it's just too much. So now we see Katie and Peter have woken up yes. and they're like, who is this man in our house? So they do the thing that we saw at the very beginning of the film. They tie up Santa in Christmas lights, bound and gagged. He's bound and gagged. He's their prisoner. Yep. And because Katie doesn't believe in Santa, she's like, who are you? What have you done with our uncle and brother? This is super sus. And he's like, well, I'm Santa. And she doesn't believe him, but then he kind of proves it to her by being like, Katie, like... You're, you're not so angelic yourself. Like, even though you're on the nice list this year, like in third grade, don't think I didn't see you cheat on that quiz. Santa is so annoying in this way of like, let her mess up. Like, don't be bringing up one bad thing she did years ago. Like, so yeah. she looked at one answer. Like, big deal, Santa. Like, that doesn't say anything about her character. It's extremely petty and it's not the way to deal with children or anyone. Yeah. Don't be bringing up their past and throwing it in their face. I know, it's, it's like, Santa, I'm putting you on the naughty list for that. So, but this little throwing Katie's mistakes in her face thing does make her believe like, okay, he might be the real deal. Um, so Santa's like, where's my sleigh? And Katie's like, knowing Danny, he probably stole it, mm -hmm. which Peter's like, no way. Like Peter <laughs> is very much like advocating for Danny, like team Danny. Yeah. Um, I also love Katie's um, pink silk pajamas. And it reminds me that I had like a lot of like fierce PJ sets as a kid. Slay. You okay. can have that as an adult. They I know. Exist. I have one really good cozy set and I'm thinking of getting more because I want to just like, feel really cozy when I'm going to bedtime, you know? So true. Um, so yeah, she's like, Danny probably stole your sleigh. And Santa like panics when he thinks about the fact that Nick is there too. He's like, Danny's a little naughty, but like Nick is yeah. next level. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, guys, we got to get my sleigh back. He's like, maybe we can do like the super virus to them like they did to us. But Katie's like, if you dragged it into that trash can, Santa, like it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, but then Katie gets the idea. She's like, we can like, hack into their computer with another computer but like none of the ones we have in our house are like powerful enough but if we go to the computer store i know just the model that we can use to do this mm -hmm. 
So they're like, Santa, can you drive? And he's like, of course. Where do your parents park their sleigh? Santa, don't you know that we mortals don't drive sleighs? He should know. Yeah. He only knows about people's mistakes. Santa's so toxic. So toxic. So we see that Santa's really bad at driving because he's only driven a sleigh and he's trying to get the kids to the computer store. So, okay, Nick is inside a house doing another robbery and he shrinks down a velvet couch. And Nora, this looks just like your little couch purse that you have. Yes, totally. Nora has a purse that looks just like a couch. There's so many mini things. I love something mini. Let the whole world be mini. If Nick had his way, it would be. Yep. So Danny is looking at the computer on the sleigh and he's like, oh, so this kid's on the naughty list because he has a temper. And he's like, well, this shitty gift isn't going to cure his anger issues. Like, why don't I give him something that'll actually help? Which is so cool. So he is like, let's give this kid a punching bag. (gasps) Hell yeah. So he can have a healthier outlet because he keeps getting in fights. And I'm like, Danny, that is so smart and sweet. A hundred percent. Danny should absolutely be Santa. Yeah. And I feel like he should be like a teacher for like troubled youths or like something like that. Yes. Because he just like- You always talk about how teachers are too quick to call kids bad. I think it's absolutely poisonous. And I think that both Danny and Nick are victims of this where Mm -hmm. early in life, someone was like, you're bad. You're Mm -hmm. just like a troublemaker. And kids really take that to heart. And that becomes like a core part of their identity. And they then like make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas if kids have people in their lives being like, no, like you're a good kid or like you're really capable or you're a really good friend. They're like, I am those things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I am like allergic to like times when I've been in like teacher roles and like a coworker will be like, that kid's terrible news. I'm like, you know, they're seven. Yes. And you know that we actually need to like build them up, not tear them down. And it's just like Matt Healy said, like, sorry, I was learning the ropes when I was young. That's a fact. <laughs> so yeah, Danny is being a sweet little king. Um, and he goes into the house to like, you know, deliver this punching bag. And then he's like, Nick, like you haven't even delivered any gifts yet. Like what have you been doing? So he's starting to catch on to like, what is Nick really up to when he goes into these houses yes. alone? But when he tells Nick uh, the punching bag idea, he's like very impressed. And he says, Danny, the way you just looked past all this surface junk and saw this kid's potential, some kids need a break, which yes. is the thesis of this movie. And I actually really love it. I love it. Yeah. And at this point, we also find out this kind of sad story about Nick, how when he was little, every year he would ask for like a Jimi Hendrix guitar, like this guitar that Jimi Hendrix, his idol, played. And every year he wouldn't get it. And he was like, no, if there was a kid like you doing this when I was young and I got that guitar, like I probably could be touring with the Stones right now. Mm. And he's also like, my brother got everything he wanted every year. So it wasn't a question of money. And I think that, you know, when they talk about like, I'm, we're making this movie so deep, but when they talk about like cutting after school programs and it's like, if you don't give a kid an outlet for a passion, they will resort to bad behavior. Yes. It's like maybe if he had gotten that guitar and he had a passion, he wouldn't have been naughty because he would have been distracted. Yeah. And I think like you have to get kids that are like quote unquote troublemakers, give them an outlet. Boredom is like the main reason yeah. kids get into trouble. That's why kids like do drugs. Yeah. Yes. The less bored your kid is, the better they're going to be. Also, and they so, have a purpose, which yes. like makes you excited about life santa not giving this man his guitar is probably why he became a con man in my opinion no same and also like if you look at it from like the real world thing of like if it was his parents doing this like you could look at it as like oh this family that might be kind of conventional like they love their doctor son Mm -hmm. it's like you don't need a guitar that's silly and like that's a thing too of like when someone is never encouraged to follow their passions like they might become really disillusioned and start doing something weird instead yes um no, I definitely agree. I actually really like the themes in this film. Yeah, me too. And then and then Danny is like, Nick, Uncle Nick, 
you're looking a little lumpy because you see some stuff that he's hiding in his top. Mm-hmm. And Nick's like, yeah, all the cookies and milk, dude. And Danny is kind of like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He brushes it off for now. Yep. Meanwhile, Santa, Katie, and Peter are driving into an alley. <laughs> and there's punk spray painting a wall. Yep. And Santa's like, please move, boys. We're trying to drive through. <laughs> And the punks are like, hell no. And they start surrounding the vehicle. And they're like, if it isn't Santa and his elves. Yeah. And they start shaking the car. (laughs) It's so scary. Yeah. And then Santa steps out. Katie's like freaking out. She's like, Santa, stop. Like, just don't get involved. But Santa steps out of the vehicle. And the guy that's like the leader of this bad boy crew is like, you want to fight old man? And he's like, in a fighting stance, like trying to take Santa on. <laughs> and Santa looks like he's like squaring off with this man. But then what does he do, Nora? He tickles him. He just keeps on tickling him. And the guy's like, oh, stop. <laughs> and then he finally gets him pinned against the car and he's tickling him. And Santa also at one point does the thing where he like runs up the brick wall and does a flip, <laughs> but then just keeps tickling. Yes. And the guy, it's so weird because then after he's like, okay, stop, stop tickling. He's like, Hey, man, you're all right. Like, he's impressed by the tickling. earns respect for Santa or gains respect for Santa from the tickle fight. And he, like, invites him to join his crew. Yeah. And Santa's like, I'll pass on that, but, like, you could help us. And then the bad boys, like, safely escort them to the computer store. Yep, yep. Um, And the computer store is called CompuSmart. Yep. And the sign is, like, clearly made for this film. It's like a fake (laughs) store. Yeah. Meanwhile, Danny is, like, really getting, like, high off this restorative justice. And he's like, we should go to the homeless shelter next and give some gifts there. Yes. Which is really sweet to see. But Nick is like, why would we go there? They don't have anything. Oh, right. That's, yeah, that that is why we should go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then he's like, well, I know what we should do. We should go to the Vanderbilt mansion. Mm -hmm. And Danny's like, what? That's, like, the exact opposite of what I'm saying. They have everything. And he's like, no, exactly. We'll steal their feast Mm -hmm. and bring it to the downtrodden Mm -hmm. and danny is actually like into this robin hood scheme yeah and then we see the kids and santa arrive at the computer store and we quickly see that they're not trying to buy a computer which is what i assumed they're trying to like borrow one yep (laughs) so katie's like the name of the computer is the lumax 2327 and it's the most powerful home computer in the world and katie's like we have to you know create a diversion because if the employees catch on that we're like using this computer to do this they're gonna kick us out yeah so peter's like goes up to the store manager or whatever and is like um i have to go to the bathroom and the store guy's like um like no and then he's like okay i guess i'll just go pee my pants in the corner (laughs) and the store manager's like uh okay i'll take you to the bathroom yeah kind of iconic of peter he's like i'll just piss my pants right here i swear to god i will dude don't test me i have to pee so bad (laughs) yeah he was ready so yeah he creates uh, a diversion so then Katie, yeah, she does it. She successfully hacks into the sleigh computer and the sleigh we see starts going haywire. Mm-hmm. Danny and Nick are like, whoa. And Katie is like, I'm going to put in the coordinates for our house to make them kind of like land there. And Danny's like, okay, there is one thing we could try, Nick. Like I could turn the sleigh's computer on and off and that will disrupt the signal of whoever is like hacking us. And he says, but you know, there is a chance it could damage the computer's hard drive. And Nick's like, who cares? Do it. So Danny does turn the computer off and they start free falling in the sleigh. And it's kind of scary for a second, but then he turns it back on and they safely land. Um, And, you know, Katie and Santa are like foiled again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So we see Danny and Nick at the Vanderbilt mansion. It really looks like a huge castle. Yes. I think it's not a home. It's like an event space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nick is like up to his old shenanigans. He's stealing stuff. Yeah, and he does this thing where we see um, kind of like a waiter guy. He's pouring champagne into a woman's glass. So the champagne stream is like frozen in midair. He licks the champagne and then goes to like walk away. So it's like, ew, you licked that woman's champagne. But uh-huh. then he goes a step further and he like, he takes the champagne stream out of the glass and like repositions it. So like when time unfreezes, like the waiter's gonna pour the champagne all over the woman. You don't even know her or her life, King. Plus, I feel like that's more mean to the waiter because you know that rich lady's going to be like, what have you done? That's so and true. And he's going to be like, I have no idea. It was just in the glass. And she's going to be like, you fool. If he was really class conscious, he would understand that. Yeah. So true, Nora. And he, you know, is taking like the earrings right off of people. And he takes this huge diamond ring, the Vanderbilt diamond off a woman's hand. And then he kisses her on the cheek without consent. She's frozen. And Fucked he up. says, Mrs. Vanderlip. And then he says, naughty, naughty, which I think that was in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it totally was. And Brian Cranston's line naughty, readings, always oh, amazing. Yeah. And then we see Danny in the fancy ass kitchen shrinking down the turkey. Because, yeah, he's just focused on stealing Yeah, food. he wants to bring food to the less fortunate. That's like what he's concerned about. That's honorable. That's honorable. Opinion. Yeah, that's Robin Hood. But now Danny is really starting to catch on to his uncle's scheming here and... He's like, what's in your shirt, Nick? And Nick's just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And then he's like, you were lying. I knew something was up. He was like, you're stealing from these people. He's very upset by this. And he does the little button thing. Like He points the like expander. Yes. So all the small things Nick shrunk are all coming out. And Danny's seeing how much stuff Nick stole from all of these houses. And he's like, you're a liar. And this part, like this could have killed Nick, to be honest, like a piano could have like impaled and crushed him. But instead we just see, no, he rises to the top of this huge mound of stuff that goes so high that he's like pinned between the stuff and the ceiling. (laughs) It's a funny image. He's like, uh, I can explain. Yeah. He tries to be like, oh, I'm collecting funds for charity. But yeah, Danny is obviously like, you're a liar. And he's like, you, you scammed me. So you could steal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, like, we're done. Like, yeah. Not just done with this night. Like, you and me are done. Yeah. It's sad. And uh, Nick is like, well, like, if I told you, you would have, what, what would you have told me? And then Danny's like, I would have told you not to do it. And then Nick's like, exactly. Like, he's like, you see why I couldn't say anything. And Danny's like, mm-hmm. No, that's not the point. Yeah, Danny is really not into this. He's very disappointed in his uncle. And he goes back out to the sleigh. He's like, I'm going to go home and see if I can actually help Santa. Yeah. Because that was my goal. And it's really sad because Nick is like, hey, like, we still have Monaco, right? Oh, yeah. Because like Nora mentioned briefly at the beginning, he said, like, we should go to Monaco together after you graduate high school. Yeah. And it's really sad because he says that. And then Danny's just like, no. Stares blankly. And it's just really sad when um, kids realize the adults they looked up to are losers. That is a very deeply sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really rough. And it happens a lot. It happens a lot when it's like you have this adult that hangs out with you as a teen. You're like, why is an adult hanging out with a teen? I feel like people I know have stories like that of like, oh, why was this 24-year-old around us when we were 16? It's very creepy. (laughs) And yeah, it just goes to show it's like they were... even if they weren't like sus, it's like they were just really immature yeah. that they needed like validation from people that were so young. Yeah. You know? No, it really is like sus. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that is a sad thing when you're like, oh, they were they were lame as fuck. It's okay. really painful to realize that. It's really painful to realize like when you're a kid, you think all adults like have it so together and it's really painful when you realize like, oh, adults are kind of fucked up sometimes. Like it's like a very hard time. So yeah, Danny is definitely going through all of that. Yeah. But um, t- the guy who plays Danny, his acting really reminds me of Matthew Perry and Friends. 
Um, oh, yeah, really? Okay. Well, this is my thing. So Matthew Perry and Friends is so funny, right? Like Chandler, he's hilarious. Like comedic timing, yes. But I hate when Matthew Perry does like sweet moments. Like I hate when oh, he's like, yes. Monica, I love you. Like I, I would be watching with Drummond just like, ew, stop Matthew Perry. Like it's so like fake. And, yeah, like, yeah, it's not sincere. Cheesy and like schmaltzy and just like icky. And like that is kind of how this kid's acting. I know. Feels. I I'm know. so sorry. Brian Cranston is honestly the only actor that's memorable in this film. Oh yeah. 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 And that's the thing, like, I don't think the kid is, like, a bad actor. I just think it's a little, no. like, um, cheesy. Um, so, yeah, we got this moment that's sad. And, yeah, Danny's going back home and Nick's not going with him. And it's like, damn, that's sad. Yeah. Then we see Peter, Katie, and Santa sitting on the couch at home. And they're like, now what? Their plan didn't work out. And then Danny crashes down in the sleigh. So he's back. And Katie is trying to fix the sleigh, like the little brainiac she is, because it's kind of like messed up. Mm -hmm. The computer's like fried and stuff. So Katie's working on the sleigh. Peter's like handing her tools. You know, she'll be like, screwdriver. And he's like, screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, he's like, screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and meanwhile, Danny apologizes to Santa. He's like, I wasn't trying to steal the sleigh. Like, that really wasn't my intention. And then Santa says, frankly, son, I don't know what to believe anymore. And I'm like, Santa, I I thought you could see us when we're sleeping. I, like, <laughs> don't you know what's going on? Like, Sarah, very true. And very it's very true. convenient that it's like when somebody's doing something nice, you're like, I actually don't know. I wasn't watching then. It's I like, know. You asshole. I know. It's so true. And Danny, even in this part, even though he was so disappointed by Nick, like, he's still kind of vouching for him. He's like, he's really not a bad guy. He just like got in over his head. Yeah, he was in a tight spot. Yeah, yeah. He's just realizing that the line of good and evil is more blurred and there's more nuance to it. And yeah. Santa's like, hasn't not learned that lesson yet. Yes. And Santa's kind of just like, he's a scammer. How does it feel to be the one scammed this time? I know. Danny's and it's like, also just so intense to call a, like a little boy who's like scamming his little brother, a scammer. It's well, he like, says that about Nick. Well, yeah, but he's kind of insinuating, like, how does it feel to be the one scam this time? Like, you're always the one scamming. Like, that's the insinuation. Yeah. And it's like, don't compare this little boy who's doing these innocent little schemes to a literal con artist. A criminal. Like, who's yeah. stealing. Like, yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same at all. No, Santa is, like, so intense. Yeah. And then we see uh, Nick sitting on like a bench outside of a church and he's kind of trying to soothe himself. He's like, he'll be fine. Like kids rebound. That's what kids do. Like it's, he'll be okay. Yeah. Cause he's feeling guilty, but he doesn't like want to go there cause he's too selfish. And he's like, I know I'll just like get him a really expensive gift. And mm -hmm. it's like, Nick, so not the point. Yeah. So not what he wants from you. And then the guys that are chasing him, the two nerds and Elliot pull up in a car and they're like asking him for directions and he manages to hide his face from them so they don't know it's him because he's wearing his santa suit still but they're like where's 300 walnut street and after they drive off nick's like oh my god like that's that's where the kids are they live at 300 walnut street so mm -hmm. he's like i gotta like go get them because these creepy guys are going to their house back at the house santa's kind of having a crisis santa wants to give up being santa he's like no one cares like no one appreciates me like maybe if i'm gone for a couple years he's kind of being a pick me and he's kind of being manipulative. He's like, maybe if I go away, you'll miss me. Yeah, this is a really messed up of Santa. And the kids, it's like, the kids have to convince him not to give up. It's like, you're the one that's supposed to be convincing them not to give up Santa. I know. And my favorite part is when Peter's like, please, no. He goes, don't worry, son. Santa's just a little depressed. <laughs> 
And then the guys arrive at the house to look for Nick. And they're yeah. like, where's Nick Wrigley? We know he's here. The GPS don't lie. Yeah. Danny's like, he's really not here like he was, but he left. And the, yeah. the guys are being really scary. They're like, you either produce Nick right now or we're going to take this house apart searching for him. And Santa like tries to like stand up to them. He's like, no, no, young man. And he tries to tickle Elliot. Yeah. But Elliot's not ticklish. And it's, he's he's just like stone. Like, mm. yeah, he's not into it. And that really scares Santa. He's like, this always works. Yeah. He's like, oh my God. He's like, oh, okay, I actually gotta go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you kids are in trouble. I, I tried everything. <laughs> his one. His one tool in his belt is to tickle people. Yeah. So the kids are scared, but then Nick arrives. Nick's here. Comes walking up the driveway. Yes. And he's like, okay, guys, like I have all the stuff you need. He's like, I got it. I got it. And then he's like, but I can't give it to you. And the guys are like, what do you mean? Like, give us the stuff. And he's like, I realize that like this stuff is not mine to give. Like I thought it belonged to me for a while, but I know it doesn't. And like, he really learned his lesson. Like he's like, I have come full circle. I don't want to be selfish anymore. And he says a sweet thing where he looks at Danny and he's like, this stuff isn't worth what it would cost me to give it to you. Yeah. Because he realizes that like, yeah, relationships are on the line and he does care about those relationships. Yes, for sure. It's sweet. And then Elliot is like about to beat him up. Mm-hmm. But then, which I don't get why they don't just grab the bag of stuff. That's what I, honestly, that's what I would do. Wow. Sarah, yeah, I know. Wow. I know. No, I would probably do that too if I was a crook. Yeah. And so Elliot is like standing over him and Nick is like, don't worry, kids, this guy won't hurt me because deep down he's just a scared little man. And wow. Elliot's laughing because he's like, I'm not a scared little man. But then Nick, of course, shrinks him down. And that's such a symbol for how we're all a scared little boy. We're all a miniature version inside. And so everything is just a projection. You're so right, Nora. I know. I oh, trust me. I know. We're all, <laughs> trust me. Oh, I know. oh, trust me. I've thought about that. Oh, I know. I know. And is that how you feel? You feel like you're being shrunk down when I go up to you and I say, "Sarah, did you just fart?" Yeah, Nora. I feel two <laughs> inches tall when you tell me I tooted, and it's humiliating <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> this like scares the guys that are chasing Nick, and they just drive away. Which this is so funny to me because like they do deserve their money. Like, <laughs> well, this is like okay. So I feel like we've seen this flaw in a lot of Disney movies of the writers get a little lazy at yes. the end, and this happened with this movie. It happens a lot of these movies is like they kind of a little bit are like. Okay, now the movie's over. Yes. But yeah, like they Nick ultimately like does owe them their money back and I hope yeah. he repays them. They probably would like hire a loan shark and like yeah. he would probably get shot probably to get be fully honest. Kneecaps broken or something. Yeah. Yeah. So but that problem solved for now. They drive away and Nick is like, you know, hugging Danny. He's like, I'm sorry. And they're all kind of like making up. Um, and Santa's like, good job, Nick. You did the right thing. Yeah. And then Katie is like, this little love fest isn't going to solve our problem. Like it's Christmas Eve. The sleigh is broken. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we don't have like a computer. And Peter's like, well, would a powerful laptop work? And Katie's like, yeah, maybe. And Nick's like, Lappy? No, I can't give up Lappy. It's like, dude, uh, yes, you can. And he does because he learned the meaning of Christmas. (laughs) So yeah, they like hook Santa up with Lappy and the sleigh is working and Santa's like, Nick, this is a good first step on your long road to rehabilitation. It's giving parole officer. It's like, I'm going to continue <laughs> to monitor you and you better work your way back so up, bitch. So true, Sarah. Oh, Santa. Can't say nothing about that Santa. guy. That bearded bitch. <laughs> so, and then like Santa offers Nick, he's like, do you want to come and like help return all the stuff you took? But then Danny's like, no, Santa, like we actually need Uncle Nick here. Like 
family is what you need around the holidays and we we need him and he needs us and santa's like okay but then santa does say nora he does say he's gonna rethink the naughty and nice binary he does he really does at the end he comes around he's like hmm it just took him what hundreds of years probably i know and he's like danny you really kind of like shown some light on this issue for me so he does start to think about like restorative justice and yes like, Morality is complex. People are complex. He just the needed we a, have in place are complex. a tween to tell him. So the kids go back inside. All is well. And when the parents get home from their ER shift, they see Nick sleeping on the couch. And the dad puts his jacket over his brother. And the dad says, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Boy, do I feel silly. Because he was like expecting the worst of his brother. And then he says to his wife, I already got my big present. And I do really like this because it's like, even though the dad comes off as a bit of a jerk, it's like he really wanted his brother to like mm-hmm. be rehabilitated. Like he's not doing this thing where he's like getting off on like, I'm the good guy. He's always fucking up. He's like, it saddens him to see that his brother mm-hmm. has made these poor life choices. And I think it is this sweet moment of like, this is what I've always wanted. I've always wanted Nick to like be there for my kids and be the guy that I know he can be. And I yeah. like that. And also I think that it's fair to be, um, hesitant to trust people that have broken your trust a lot in the past and totally. like you can always be like I'm always here to help you you know get better but like ultimately I have to put up some boundaries because of your bad behavior that's like totally fair completely agree so the next morning Peter jumps on Nick to wake him up he's like time for poison so go Nick <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Peter and Danny literally got his parents a card that says I owe you one present <laughs> cute fair, fair. and Peter is like, oh, I found a present that's addressed to you, Uncle Nick. And they're all like, huh, no one got him anything. We didn't expect him. And Nora, what did he get? The Jimi Hendrix guitar. That he's always wanted. That he's always wanted. And it's so everyone's like, play it, play it. And it's sad because he's like, I wish I could, but I have to sell it to settle Mm. some debt. Mm. This is where I expected the two doctor households to be like, we will settle your debt or we'll help. They're just like- Or at least buy him the a guitar. A new guitar. Yeah, yeah, buy a guitar. They're like, mm, moving on. So you don't have to sell it today. So maybe play once. But I also disagree because he is responsible for his own debts, to be honest. I know, but let him have this one let thing. Let him have the guitar, pay, I agree. Yeah, yeah, pay for his guitar. Like, yeah. come on. Don't just be like, yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> so then this, this scene is so iconic, which I do also really quickly want to say that the there's a letter from Santa and it says to my favorite naughty boy, sorry for the delay, but better late than never. Love Santa. Um, so Nick starts playing this guitar and he sucks. He's horrible. And Danny looks horrified because it's like, <laughs> he told me he was so good. And I was getting nervous. I was like, oh my God, that's so depressing. He like said that he would be great if he only had a chance. But then he was fucking with them. He starts shredding. Yes. He rips. He rips. Which is kind of like, low key how because did he never have a guitar i think no i think he did but his point was like i always had like shitty guitars oh, okay, that i okay. had to like buy myself like used or something okay okay i was like how would he be yeah, so good no like he definitely did, like did play yeah so and also i love it because like obviously brian cranston can't actually play guitar like this and so it's fake but i love the choice he made because this could have been so stupid like he committed to the fact that it was stupid and he did a thing where at one point he had one hand off the guitar which would have made no sense and he <laughs> yawned and i'm like that's such a good comedic choice yes totally legend yeah so yeah the family is obviously like oh my god nick you're so good and then the Danny voiceover at the end, he's like wrapping it all up kind of with the Christmas poem again. And he's like, the best gift of Christmas comes at no price. It's to be with your family, whether you're naughty or nice. Oh, it's so true. You need to accept your family, whether they're naughty or nice. I, bet I mean, that, boundaries still, but yeah. No, 100%. 100%. You have to accept people for their flaws. Yeah. Um, 
I bet that Brian Cranston is such a good person because I feel like people that uh, get like success later in life are like more humble. So true, Nora. Because even with Malcolm in the Middle, like, yes, he was successful, but he was like this like kind of silly role for so many years. And like his big critical success role came so much later in life. He was like 50 or something. Yeah. That's so cool. So I bet he's very kind. I've heard he is, honestly. Yeah. So guys, that's Twas the Night. Yeah. I mean, well, let's, let's like, okay. we'll talk about it. Um, honestly, I couldn't <laughs> find mine. like any fun facts for Twas the Night. Okay. Sorry to say. That's fine. Um, it was written by Jim Lincoln, Dan Studney, and Jenny Tripp. Both Jim and Dan were writers for the 1999 DCOM Genius, which I remember- That's Emmy Rossum. Oh, yep. okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? I- no. Okay. I remember it like very vaguely, but I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. Um, they were also both writers for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show, which I don't think I realized it was a show. Um, Jenny has like almost no writing credits other than she contributed, quote, additional story material to none other than the literal Lion King. So, Gorgeous. Yeah. But like she ha- like does not have many other credits. So interesting. Okay. This movie was directed by Nick Castle. As a director, not much. He directed Dennis the Menace, but this is so crazy to me. He is Michael Myers in the OG Halloween (gasps) and like several of the sequels, but he only has like eight acting credits and like three of them are that. Well, is he in like the most recent one? Like the one that is coming out now? He is, but not as Michael Myers. He has like a different cameo. Have you seen that um, compilation video of Jamie Lee Curtis? Like trauma, trauma, generational trauma, family trauma. Of course. (laughs) I love that. So iconic. I love that video. And then the music is by Craig um, Safin or Safan. He also did the music for Gotta Kick It Up, the decom. Love. And he also did the music for Cheers. So oh, okay. it's kind cool. of a big deal. Yeah. Um, a little bit about the cast. So Josh Zuckerman plays Danny. He's in the Mamelos sketch from the Amanda show. Do you remember? <laughs> Mamelos. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Of course, the most perfect show in the world. Of course, I remember it. Yep. So he's involved with that. He was on Kyle XY. Oh my which... God. I, I hate Kyle XY. I, I can't even think about Kyle XY. It was so disturbing to me as a child. I know, but like, that's why I, I never really watched it. I watched like the first like few episodes, but like me and Lauren remember just like when those commercials would come on we'd be like oh my god what's going on with kyle XY? i have a pit in my stomach thinking about kyle xy it's so disturbing he has no belly button it's so weird those commercials really disturbed me so but josh is still acting most recently he was in the paramount plus show the offer with miles teller oh yeah as the star also so i did find this and it's cute in 2016 josh ran into brian cranston at the emmys and mm. they took a picture together Aww. and josh captioned it Brian Cranston remembered me last night at the HBO Emmy party. We did a Disney Channel movie eons ago. Oh, isn't that cute? Of course, Brian remembers him. He so would. Of course. I love that. So I I love that they had a little reunion moment. Oh, Um, Brenda Great plays Katie. She hasn't acted since 2010. I didn't know her from anything else, even though she looks really familiar to me. I think she just looks like girls who play this type of she kind of looks like sue in the middle yeah and she also kind of looks to me like the girl who's emma on degrassi like that same vibe yeah yeah also so she's now an environmental microbiologist (sighs) very cool i know so she is smart like her character yeah her linkedin bio says i have a passion for forest and soil restoration regenerative agroforestry and wildlife Gorgeous. I know. Gorgeous. Um, Reese Williams plays Peter. This was his first and only acting project. <laughs> and I'm guessing he's still the same age. 
today? Is he still the same so age? Nora, I'm pretty sure I found him on LinkedIn. I, I can't 100% confirm, but I feel like I'm pretty good with facial recognition. And I'm like, this, I think, is him. Like, say, like wow. even though he's, like, so much different looking, he's, like, cute and old. these people are getting notifications that you're looking at their profile? I don't care. Okay. I'm doing research for my podcast. They don't know who I am. They probably get lots of lookups. They're famous stars from a decom. True, true. Um, But he... I think he, I'm pretty sure this is him. And if it is, he's the co-founder of a consulting company now. Like he started his own company. Boring. Yeah. Obviously we all know Brian Cranston never worked again and withered yeah. away and obscurity. What, ha- what happened to him? I know it's so sad. He I wish he knew. Good in this. I know. Yeah. Um, but so Brian's most recent thing, he's in Your Honor, the Showtime series. Oh, love. Mm-hmm. And then I did, I didn't know this guy from anything, but Jefferson uh, Mappin plays Santa. And I was really curious if he's played Santa again. Cause I always wonder like, are there like a few Santas that the agents are like, I got a Santa for you. He's played him 10 times, but no, he's never played Santa. I don't know why you would think that. I just feel like that's like a classic <laughs> typecast, you know? Yeah. I guess it's like, someone comes home like they're acting for years and they're getting so frustrated they come home they're like honey i i'm santa again (laughs) i wish i could stop playing santa but that's all they see me as that's kind of what i thought like the industry (laughs) would have like we got our four santas uh, we just recycle them right it's like all right jefferson can't do it call our next (laughs) option but yeah that's that's i didn't know him from anything call tim allen um, Nora, what's your favorite quote from Twas the Night? Okay, so my favorite quote is just Brian Cranston. Who is he to judge? Because <laughs> I think, yeah. And that like, is the thesis of the film. Yes. It's like, who are we to judge people so harshly? Totally agree. What was yours? Mine is when Brian says to uh, Danny, the way you just looked past all this surface junk and saw this kid's potential, some kids need a break. Hell yeah. I really struggle with the Zodiac sign. I don't feel as like passionate about this one as I felt with like Get a Clue or some of our other movies. I I think I have to go with Capricorn again though. Um, Not all Capricorns, but some Capricorns will like do what it takes to make that money. Like they aren't that morally sound sometimes she's saying this in front of a capricorn <laughs> yeah, i'm a capricorn. looking her dead in the eyes and but i think nick is an example of a capricorn who like again if his strengths had been praised as a kid i think he might be walking a straighter path but like to be honest i think it's possible if he didn't like the rock star thing didn't work out i think it's possible he'd be like swindling on wall street in a suit instead mm. of swindling with a laptop and a leather jacket like he might still be sus but he would be like accepted by society because he is like smart about investing and i also think with with nick there's like a certain entitlement that you see with some Capricorns. Like yeah. they feel kind of like entitled to success and greatness. Yes. But they're also hard workers. And that's the thing about con artists. Like it's actually not easy, even though it's yeah. like, oh, they just scam their way through life. Like there's a lot of work that goes into maintaining this crazy lifestyle. Yeah. But I also think that like he might have like an Aries moon or something. Like I think that childhood wound of like, mm-hmm. if I just gotten what I wanted, I could have been great, but no one let me is kind of giving like, a Capricorn Aries mix of entitlement. Yeah. However, Aries do have like a real honest streak that Capricorns sometimes lack and that Nick obviously lacks. Mm. Um, they're more like Machiavellian caps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my spiel. I didn't feel like super passionate about it. It's hard to pick a con man zodiac sign, to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. What's, I get your, it. what's your rose, Nora? Um, my rose was just the message that the line between good and evil is more gray, more blurred. I liked that um, Santa learned that lesson in the end. I think that like life is more complicated than just naughty and nice. 
Completely agree. And mine is, yeah, the same. I mean, like just the themes of redemption. I loved Danny wanting to give naughty kids a chance to reform. I wish we got more of that, to be honest, like more of him giving gifts that would help people that were like maybe doing some naughty things. Um, And I, I also loved that Danny believed in his uncle when no one else did, because I think that's really hitting home this theme of like sometimes a naughty kid, it, it just takes that one adult to be like, I believe in you, like you're good, you're Mm -hmm. worth something. And I do think it's arguable that if Nick had had that earlier in his life, he could have turned out differently. And ultimately, Danny being the one person who believed in him and then him letting even him down is, I think, what allowed him to finally change his ways. Yeah. Because like, you know, I feel like he didn't care about like his brother being like, you're a piece of shit. He's like, you've always thought I'm a piece of shit. Whereas he really did care about what Danny thought of him. Yeah. What was your thorn? Um, we kind of touched on this, but honestly, just that besides Brian Cranston, uh, this movie didn't have a lot of star power. I didn't really care about any of the kids. Like I learned to care about Danny, but like, I feel like with Smart House or Cadet Kelly, like I cared about those characters scene one. Yeah. And it took me a, a pretty long time to care about the kids and like the two other kids I never really like really cared about, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I just feel like this movie was lacking a little bit of star power with the kids. Um, Brian Cranston was really like the best part of the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So mine is because there's a scene that I think could have been amazing. And I think they did not milk it for all it was worth even at all. So the scene where Danny realizes Nick has been stealing. I mm-hmm. think if this were a movie that was like in theaters, like this could have been really impactful. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we needed higher stakes of like maybe Uncle Nick has been like promising to spend time with him and like kind of like breaking his promise. And it's like finally this night where it's like he's so happy to be with him. And like, I feel like we could have hit home a little more. Like you didn't even really want to be with me. You just needed yes. money. Like, cause that was there, but like Danny didn't fully realize the weight of that. And yeah. I think that could have been devastating of like, you don't even care about me. Like you just needed money. Like this sucks so much. And like, I think if we maybe had had a little bit stronger writing, if we had taken our time with that scene and if we'd maybe had a a different actor as well with Danny, I think this moment could have been like truly sad and like really impactful. And I think we even could have had like a sucker punch line of like, dad was right about you. You only care about yourself. Like something like that. Cause like Nick, I feel like didn't actually feel bad in this part. And like, I would have loved even if like we got this really crazy scene and then maybe we get like a scene where we see like Danny sad and like Nick still robbing, but like maybe he like find something at a house that reminds him of Danny. Like, I feel like we needed more of like a come to Jesus moment with Nick Mm -hmm. um, that we didn't really get like he kind of just came home all of a sudden because he was like oh they're gonna go get the kids like I didn't get a moment of like him realizing like why this was bad um and I just feel like that scene could have been so much deeper um I wanted more from that moment uh okay Nora what was your overall rating for twas the night I actually think it's your turn oh crap it is okay (laughs) I we already touched on it but I really struggled I mean I loved Brian Cranston I actually love the premise and the themes of this movie. And like, I found it kind of similar to get a clue, like really cool setup that wasn't fully executed well. And it's like really cheesy, let's be honest. But I, I kind of liked it. I was along for the ride and I found it entertaining. So I'm giving it a B minus. That's totally fair. Yeah, okay. I felt very similar. I went between a B minus and a C plus. Same. Because it was like, I, yeah, I loved the message so much. I It really grew on me when we like the first 15 minutes I was like almost gonna give it a D I was like this is so bad it started so bad but it really got a lot better and I love the themes I Brian Cranston was great I I settled on a C plus that's okay just because I think that it would just like it was just a way less fun to watch than some of the other movies we've watched um it was and I think that my rating this time might be a little subjective because I don't think it was worse than get a clue or like 
maybe some of the other ones you watched, I just found it less compelling and less fun. Yeah. Yeah. When it ended, I felt kind of like, wow, it's already over. It didn't like do much for me. So like, yeah, but I, it was kind of short. It was, sh- it was really short, but no, yeah. honestly, just like talking about it, like, cause I was going back and forth between the same two. Like, I think there are some really cool themes. There I just are. wish it had explored them more. Yeah. I feel like we explored them more than the movie did. Yeah, facts. Wow, yeah. we're geniuses. Geniuses. This is a fun one, so I think you should definitely pour yourself some eggnog and enjoy it again with our drinking game rules. Drink every time we see the debt collector, guys. Drink every time Nick robs a house. Drink every time Danny or Katie roast each other. Drink every time someone says a lappy like the laptop. Drink every time someone mentions the naughty list. And lastly, drink every time someone uses Santa's gadget. And that's Twas the Night, guys. Yes. Thanks for kicking off Chris Month with us. Yes. And we'll have two more holiday films this month. So stay tuned. That's right. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.